Milo's reaching one eye. And then <laughs> and the, the other, other one is just glaring, dead. Right. But both of your eyebrows are glaring. So it's like, how? It's just the way my face looks. <laughs> this is Princess in another podcast. That's Erin. That's Elsa. That's Jensen. <laughs> we got there. Episode 10. Woo. So... Aaron, what are you playing right now? So I'm still playing the crap out of Persona 5. I really can't tell you why, but I love it. Like, I still love it. Even after all the complaints I had last time, I've gotten over those things and grown to love them. And found all new things to complain about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, why are our new team members more powerful than me automatically? Like, they're a higher level already. But also, yay tanks. But also, why? Like, I'm the main character, for crying out loud. This game is about me, isn't it? It's like I'm playing an anime, and I love it. Speaking of playing an anime, I beat Devil May Cry 5, and I loved it! Uh, I had a really, really great time with it. I immediately started playing through it again. But something weird kind of happened. I don't understand why. Maybe there's just something I'm missing. I kind of looked up some stuff online, and I couldn't really find an explanation for this. But it wouldn't let me start on Devil Hunter when I finished it on... I, I completed it on human mode, and it automatically put me into Son of Sparta mode, and I couldn't figure out how to change it. And everything I'd read said that I wouldn't unlock Son of Sparta until after I beat it on Devil Hunter, which I never did. I never <laughs> even played it on Devil Hunter, not for a single level. I just went <laughs> straight to Son of Sparta. Uh -huh. And now I'm halfway through it in Son of Sparta, and I guess I'm just going to keep doing that. But um, I'm still having a blast with it and so I don't care yeah <laughs> yeah I actually figured out how to play on devil hunter I don't remember what I did it was pretty roundabout I yeah it must be because I like played with it a little bit in the different mm. menus and stuff and I just couldn't get it to change and so I ultimately gave up and was like whatever I yeah. want to keep playing so I just started <laughs> which I kind of wish I had just jumped to son of Sparta because it, it is more difficult but also it's not I guess like it just doesn't feel like too much of a jump yeah no like I think it's just it takes a little longer to kill enemies yeah that's about it yeah that's that's true I'd say that's probably the biggest thing it's just it takes a little longer I feel like I'm more vulnerable mm. but that's okay it yeah. just means that I have to be a little bit more conservative with my mm. bars yeah <laughs> so keep in mind Especially, I know you want to platinum that. You will still have to play it in I Devil know. Hunter. I know. I still have to play it in Devil Hunter because the difficulty it. trophies do not stack. Yeah, but that's yeah. fine. That's always kind of a. I, I really don't think I'm going to have a problem playing through this game again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially. Oh, yeah. Keep in mind, it's so much fun. <laughs> keep in mind, when you beat it on Son of Sparta, you'll only get the one trophy for difficulty, and you'll and you know just don't be disappointed. Yeah. Um, but then when I want to feel really bad about myself, I switch over to playing Sekiro, <laughs> uh, which I am still loving. I, I think I finally, hit, I mean, I think I hit my first wall and then I hit my first stride with it where like I, I the Harada estate was pretty tough for me but I just kind of got into this place where I suddenly felt like I understood the fighting the sword play specifically this game makes me more frustrated than any Souls game mm -hmm. or than Bloodborne but I love the story and I feel like there's so much drama to it mm -hmm. like there's less of that kind of high fantasy stuff that i love all of the existential horror that i really love in the other games there's not as there's not really any of that but it's more like high drama and i like that and i have heard that especially the more you get into the game you start to see weirder and weirder bosses so far the weirdest thing i've seen is a gigantic snake <laughs> <laughs> and that was still pretty i mean it's still just a snake yeah, mm -hmm. you know, it was just a snake the size of a skyscraper. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> That's the weirdest boss I've seen so far where I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> but I know they get weirder. Mm. I, I know they get weirder. <laughs> so I haven't had a whole lot of time to play that, though, because I got really caught up with Devil May Cry. And I got really, really into Minecraft this last week. <laughs> and I didn't mean to. It just kind of happened. <laughs> I was thinking that I would just 
play a little and this new realm that I've started with my friend this other one that I'm in is so much harder and I can't figure out why like there are so many creepers everywhere in this world and they've spawned inside my house at least four times <laughs> There's and like just holes exploded in the middle of my house. Like I, there was this one time where I had gotten back after a long day of mining. My little house is surrounded by lanterns. It's all enclosed. I walked in my door and immediately there was a creeper just like hanging out there looking at me. And it just exploded instantly. And I don't know how it got there. There's so much light. It must have spawned in the middle of the room. It's just a tiny little cabin full of torches, full of light. It spawned there anyway. Don't understand. And there was one time where I got blown up by a creeper and I was in my little bed and I was like, and I opened up the door to go outside and there was a creeper outside the door and it just looked at me and exploded. And it's just like, it's one of those things where I just have the worst luck with these creepers. They just keep appearing right by me in a way in which there's nothing I can do about it. And this has never happened in any other world. So many holes in my land. Jensen saw it and she just started laughing. My only, the only thing I can think. And I had filled in like half of them at that point. I know that there was a cavern directly underneath your house that was completely filled with zombies and yeah. you went and flooded it or something? Yeah, I flooded it and then I killed them all and then yeah. I filled it with dirt. Um, the only thing I can think is that there was also a spawner in there for creepers and so it's just like popping them out into your house. <laughs> it's, it's kind of something like that. Because I mean, okay, I don't think, I don't know for sure, I don't play enough Minecraft to know for sure, but I don't think creepers are affected by light like zombies are. They shouldn't be able to go get over your fence, right? You got a fence all the way around your your house. Double-sized fence, like it's yeah. fences on top of fences. I know, well, and it, they appeared between those fences and then inside of my beautiful little, like, little square box home. I really think there might be a spawner like there was probably one in that big cavern and then you just like filled it covered in dirt and it's still it's down just there. like spawning yeah. creepers into your house. It's an amazing theory. It's been a lot of fun though. Um yeah so I just get blown up by creepers and she's just crying with laughter and I get it. Jensen what are you playing? I'm still playing some Far Cry New Dawn. I haven't played it very much in the last two weeks because I was watching our aunt's dog and I can only choose one console to bring over there. So I decided to bring the Xbox over so I could play Assassin's Creed Origins. And I finally beat the DLC, which I was working really hard to try and beat that game and all the DLC for it. The days up leading up to Assassin's Creed Odyssey coming out, and I got about halfway through the last DLC, The Curse of the Pharaohs, when the game came out. And then I started Odyssey thinking, I'll finish Origins in the next couple days. <laughs> and then like half a year later. Uh, I finally finished The Curse of the Pharaohs. And it was a really fun DLC. I liked it a lot. It was really fun being able to go into the afterlife and like see all the weird weird things in there, even though it was probably just like some kind of weird drug trip. It was still fun. I also went ahead and got all of the achievements for Origins, so yay, I'm done with that. After that, I went back to Odyssey to try and catch up on the DLC for that. The Atlantis D DLC has started coming out, but I didn't get caught up because <laughs> I was playing that for a while and then Dragon's Dogma came out on the Switch, and so I was like, well, I have to play that. I've been wanting to play Dragon's Dogma on the Switch ever since the Switch came out. Because that was one of the first games that I was like, that would be really fun on the Switch. And so I played that for a while. And then out of nowhere, I was just one night I was like, I really want to play something with a character creator and just like make a new character and just do whatever. And I mean, I could have done that with Dragon's Dogma, but I'd have to restart my game. So instead, I chose to do that with Conan Exiles. And I have not stopped playing Conan Exiles since then. I love this game. It's kind of stupid, but at the same time, I really love it because it feels like Minecraft and Skyrim had a baby together and then they died in a car crash and that baby was raised by Conan the Barbarian. And that's just, it's really working for me. <laughs> it's really fun. Like there's certain aspects about it that are really annoying. Like there's some enemies that are just stupid hard and you'll be trying to get to one area. There's one area I'm trying to get to right now. And every time I start to go over that way, like 30 spiders pop out of nowhere and just chase me down and I have to like run and start climbing to get away from them 
And that's really annoying. Like getting getting killed by the same couple of enemies because like they're just really hard or there's like a ton of them in this one spot and you just can't seem to find a good way around it without building something is kind of frustrating. Also finding iron is a pain in the butt. Mm. Um, but overall, like, I'm really having a fun time. It's, it's really fun to be able to build stuff anywhere I want. It feels like what I pictured Fallout 4 was going to be like when they said, you're going to be able to build shelters and stuff. I was thinking, oh man, like, I can just build a whole bunch of places out in the wasteland and make my own little communities. And then you actually start playing Fallout 4 and it's like, oh, you can only build in these specific areas and you can only build using these like sets that are already like mostly built and they don't all fit together properly. <laughs> but in Conan Exiles, it's like they just throw a bunch of little pieces at you and go, ah, just build something <laughs> and build it anywhere you like. Like you can build it in a tree if you want. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> so I've been building this massive tower underneath a, a like rock face that's like I don't know it's it's just it's a fun time and like <laughs> there's the thrall system you can capture enemies and bring them back to your place like drag them across the floor <laughs> to your place and throw them in a wheel of pain and break their will and then they become your servant and it's like horrible <laughs> you like think about it and you're like I am a terrible person but <laughs> It's really fun because <laughs> it's kind of fun to like bring people in and be like, okay, you're going to be my cook and you're going to be an archer and you're going to watch this like se section of wall and stuff and like running into enemies and being like, what's your skill? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm having a good time with it. Um, plus it has a creative mode and like I haven't used it yet, but I've been like just thinking about all the things that I want to do with it. Mm -hmm. And it's really fun knowing that like you've got basically you've got console commands at your fingertips but you're playing it on playstation mm. and it's like really fun i'm like i could just i could just like take away all damage if i wanted <laughs> if i was like getting really frustrated just take away all damage uh -huh. <laughs> just just an added bonus nice i don't know i'm having um a lot of fun with it i did <clears throat> not expect that i was gonna be still playing it like five days later mm -hmm. and thinking about it all the time and you know how I've always got like 70 tabs open on my internet on my phone? <laughs> About 40 of them are all just Conan Exile stuff. Like I got like three different maps that I've been looking at and like <laughs> tons of things where I'm like, well, how do I make this item? Or what does this do? <laughs> or where's this area located? How do I get there without dying? <laughs> so our first question after our little um, you know, what are we, what we're playing intro is what do you think makes for good pathing in games? Uh, what's your favorite example of good pathing? And tell us about a place you've been to in real life that you think had impressive real life pathing and why? Erin, would you Ooh, like to start? Sure. <clears throat> I'm going to try not to go all over the place with this. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, that's what we do. So this actually took me a really long time to think about, but I went with Thief 2, uh, the Metal Age, because I, so I like games that give you multiple directions that you can go, but if they close off the other part because you chose one direction, that stresses me out because I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I made the wrong choice? What if this path doesn't lead to something as cool? <laughs> or what if there was an awesome treasure over there or something like that? <laughs> so, um, <Surreal>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it stresses me out. Like you guys, I can't even pick what to eat for dinner. Like it's, it's a battle. Like Zach, Aaron, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want for dinner? <laughs> what are you in the mood for? Pretty much anything. How about Del Taco? Nah. <laughs> like, that's how it goes, usually. <laughs> so. so it's no different when we're not here. Yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> it might even be worse because we don't have as many people to say, hey, let's go to this place. <laughs> we're hopeful in some way. Sometimes I feel like we just show up and like, <laughs> 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 I 
and take over your lives. Eat all your candy. Start showing you random clips of things while you're trying to watch How I Met Your Mother. Fall asleep on your couch and then wake up at the worst time and just start talking and talking and talking. Rant about Berserk for like 20 minutes. Yeah, that did happen. Well, we love it, which is why we keep inviting you guys back. So oh, yeah. That's good. Because your couch is really comfy and I'm definitely going to fall asleep on it again. I think it's funny that you always fall asleep on the couch when there's a bed right there. Yeah, I could fall asleep on the bed, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff on it right now, but there's not very much on that side. (laughs) I I was going to say, I fell asleep right there during your birthday party. So I I was trying to decide between Thief 2 and the rebooted Thief, but immediately when I thought of the rebooted Thief, um, I remembered how frustrating it is to traverse the city. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, the map, it seems pretty clear, which you know, where you need to go to get into the next area. And usually it's by opening a window, but then there's no really easy way to tell which window is going to open a loading screen. Like sometimes you just end up in someone's apartment and you're like, well, that was the wrong spot. And so you go, you know, a little more to the right or something, and then you just get completely lost. And Mm. I've played this game so much, and I still get so lost. And yeah, just that part of it. So much time (laughs) wasted just wandering around the city and being like, oh crap, there's a dog over there. Or, oh my gosh, the guards saw me. (laughs) Like, because I'm rushing, because I'm annoyed at being lost. (laughs) So Thief 2. I think that struck the perfect balance, um, especially my favorite level. It's a bank level, mm-hmm. and you're obviously going into a bank, and your objective is to steal a recording of the sheriff saying some pretty crazy things because you want blackmail on him because he's making thieving very difficult for you right now. Just getting into the bank, there are so many ways that you could get in it. Like, you can go up on the roof, you can find somewhere into the basement, you can be stupid and go in the front door if you want to. <laughs> Like, there are just so many options for getting in. Yeah. I like that they give you the option to be stupid. Right. I always appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Just the whole layout of it is super fun and trying to figure out where to go. Because in that game, if you didn't have moss arrows on tile or metal, no matter how slowly you moved, even while crouched, everyone's going to hear you. Like, the moment you take a step on that hard surface, everyone's like, oh my gosh, who is it? So you have to really plan it out but it's also not in an impossible way, so it's just really fun. I like it when games try to do that, but they only give you like two ways, and they're like, there's so many options! (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I can go through the front door or the roof. I'm obviously gonna go to the roof. Skyrim does that a lot. Whenever it gives you another way into a place, it's always like one other way. It's like, you can go through the front door, or you can go through the sewers. Like Honey Glow Estate does that. Oh yeah. It's like front door, secret entrance. Gee. Sometimes it's front door, back door, and secret entrance. Whoa. Oh, changing things up. Now there's three ways to get in. Possibilities are endless. Sometimes I'll go in the secret entrance and then I'll leave through the back door and then go back in just just to be weird. <laughs> I'll like go from the secret entrance straight to the back door and just go out and like look around and go hee and then sure. come in. So you want to make sure you didn't miss anything because sometimes they reward you for being stupid. <laughs> I've done Honey Glow Estate so many times now though that I know exactly what to do and where to go <laughs> except for one part that I still don't know how I get past every single time and it's this one guy who's got a chair facing the door the, the walkway you come in and it's the only way to go. Mm. You have to go down there and I never remember what I do to get past him. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. But you make it every Even time? now. Yeah. Even now. I just did that level like three weeks ago. I don't remember how I got past him. I think I cast a spell to make myself invisible and then I just ran past him and he ran the opposite way looking for me and then I just grabbed it and I ran away. And then a real life example. Also really hard to choose one. Um, But I ended up picking... <clears throat> 
my grandpa's condos. Whenever I think about my childhood, I immediately go back to that place because, so first of all, that was like the party spot for our whole family. Like my grandma would make us amazing dinners and then awesome dessert. And then um, the kids, would we would all run down to the basement and play the Super Nintendo or um, the NES. And if we got tired of that, we could go outside and a little ways off from where my grandma's condo was, it was almost like it opened up into a park and there was like a little random green, just one spot of green where people could practice putting, <laughs> like just for the heck of it. And then there was like a hill and a bunch of rocks that you could climb on. And one of the rocks jutted out from the hill. So it was like pride rock. And then there was this awesome little tree that you could climb. Like, yeah, even as a kid. You walk down a little path and up against one of the other buildings, there used to be like a big pine tree and we could like go under it and walk around inside like next to the wall. And we thought we were being super brave because there were these random boxes or crates or something. And we're like, oh, that's where the Black Widows are. Like, whoa, <laughs> we're being so risky. <laughs> and yeah, just- I remember thinking Black Widows were gonna be much more of a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was sure that they were everywhere mm -hmm. trying to kill me. Yeah, I definitely. I still have been shocked though that I ran into two Black Widows last year. Just the layout of it um, encourages you to go exploring like mm -hmm. yeah just the the architecture of the buildings is charming and there are like lamps laid out across this like the pathways and also there's the swimming pool which is amazing um and the clubhouse and I'm rambling, and this doesn't make any sense to anyone who hasn't been there. Well, it it's okay, we'll just that... cut it. <laughs> well, it makes perfect sense to me, though, because the real-life example that I was thinking of, I also, like, went back to my childhood. Mm -hmm. And uh, so our grandparents used to live in a place called Kent Field, which is up near San Francisco, and it's essentially a community that's like actually located within the redwood forest mm -hmm. and so there's like a little town or whatever but who cares about that because their <laughs> neighborhood was like up in the forest mm -hmm. and um so this house that they used to live in it's on the market again they sold it to like the disappointment of everyone Ugh. i mean we kind of we were happy to have them come live close to us that was nice mm. but i remember in my mind thinking okay but why do they have to sell the house couldn't they just like rent it out but anyway the house is gone mm. it's fine and the people <laughs> who bought it like screwed it up yeah i mean they didn't have very good taste and yeah. the first thing that they did um was they remodeled it to basically flip it and to sell it and they mm. added like a billion dollars to the price tag which um, was kind of upsetting because like one of the reasons our grand my grandparents liked this people, people was because they had a family and they were talking about how they wanted to raise their kids mm. there and stuff. And then they literally just remodeled it and tried to, and put it back on the market, which um, was exactly what they'd been hoping to avoid. But they haven't managed to sell it because they have horrible taste. Yeah. And mm. when they redid the house, it just did not do anything positive for it. But they've since hired an interior designer, we think, because this time the house is on the market again and it looks gorgeous. <laughs> like, it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. Like we, we looked at the pictures of the house and I was like, oh, it looks so pretty. Like they're definitely gonna sell it this time. Mm. They're going to legitimately manage to sell the house this time because it looks amazing. And they've made a lot of improvements to it. Um, but they also, there's a few things that they changed and actually mom corrected me. She says I'm remembering it wrong. Um, because the, the reason why I thought of this house in particular, when we think of pathing is because what I remember as a kid is playing all kinds of really dangerous games where we were running around and chasing each other and like trying to beat the crap out of each other and trying to like lock each other in different rooms and stuff. <laughs> and this house was perfect for all of that mm. because almost every room had these great little like escapes and the entire house itself, because it's in the middle of the woods there's all these options to like disappear into the forest at any moment. <laughs> and so the interior of the house, almost every single room had a door to the outside is how I remember it. Mm -hmm. I remember that it didn't matter what room you were in, especially if you were on like the west facing side of the house, then 
there's a sliding glass door that just goes straight out into the woods. Mm-hmm. And so like that was there was always this mode of escape. And I remember like we would play hide and go seek and we had to a couple of times instigate a rule where once you picked a hiding place, you had to stay in that hiding place until you were found because it was the games would just go on forever because you could always slip away mm-hmm. when you heard the person coming mm-hmm. and like nobody would ever find anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like every single hide and seek game ended with a chase in the woods because, <laughs> because you could get outside so easily. And But mom corrected me. She was like, those were not doors. <laughs> She was like, you guys were just incredibly naughty. You took all the screens out of the windows and you just went out the window. (laughs) And and I was like, oh yeah, that that sounds right. (laughs) We were looking at all all the old pictures though and I was like, oh no, I think she's right. Because a lot of them were these floor to ceiling windows. Uh (laughs) Um, But you could unlatch them or you could pop open the glass or you could take out the screen. You could just go. And so apparently it wasn't that there were all these doors to the outside. It's like we were literally just climbing out the windows to get away from each other when we were playing um, hide and go seek. But anyway, the point is, is that the way this house is set up, all the rooms kind of flowed together in this Mm. really, um, in this really like intuitive way Mm -hmm. and everything flowed to the outside and circled around the house there were all these paths in the woods that um like it's hard to describe i'll put it we should probably like put a link with our instagram onto the like willow account or whatever where they're selling the house because you kind of just have to see it to believe it yeah but this place was just incredible like um i'm i'm so sad it's not these old (laughs) but like it's it's just beautiful it's out in the woods and um, there was a trampoline right on the edge of a ravine. What? <laughs> yeah. It was one of the in-ground ones, too. What? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it, the, the part of it jutted out so that if you, like, you could have easily just, like, jumped. And if you were off by a couple of feet, <laughs> you like, would just be, like, feet. 30 feet into this ravine. Oh, my gosh. And um, they put a fence in. <laughs> that oh, was one of the changes good. that they made. Yeah. Probably because... The people were like, you're not going to be able to sell this house until you put a <laughs> fence around that ravine. Because this ravine was, uh, was like, basically the border of the backyard. Mm. Like, the backyard just opens up into the Redwood Forest. And the only way that you know that the property... I don't even know if this is where the property ended. But, like, we kind of guessed that the property ended where there was this, like, 30-foot drop straight down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't stop us from going down there. No, though. it didn't stop us from going down there. Because uh, you could find places where it was not too steep to climb down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, it was a sheer drop over by that staircase that yeah, led... that into... was a sheer drop. That was a sheer drop, mm-hmm. and it was, a, it was pretty close to being a sheer drop on the other side of the trampoline. Um, but then if you moved a little further up the hill, there was a place where you could walk down and you usually would only fall a little, (laughs) um, but like we would, I don't know, we'd go off into the woods. Mom told this story about going on a walk once from the house where they just decided to follow the stream in the ravine as far as it would go. And they ended up like two hours away and had to call Graham to come pick them up (laughs) because they were two hours away from the house how did they call um i think there was like you know it's it's san francisco there's pay phones and stuff oh okay i mean they were they they were in the forest yeah but i think they came out on the other side of the bay (laughs) they got to the edge of the forest (laughs) anyway um so i miss this place but what i have always thought about it if i'm being completely honest is that it would have been an incredible setting for a survival horror game yeah Mm. for Uh, sure precisely because like i said of all those chasing games that we played it wouldn't be hard to like set one there without even without even like straying too far from just our history there (laughs) Mm -hmm. i mean we had all kinds of creepy things we used to play a game where you'd be in the hot tub and you'd have to run out to the trampoline, just one person. And the trampoline was like in the shade of the trees and it was right next to the ravine. Mm. And you'd have to either jump on the trampoline with your back to the forest for like a certain number of jumps or stand at the very like furthest corner right by the ravine for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And that place was creepy. Mm. 
Like, it, well, it was the perfect distance where there was like no light at all. Yeah, you'd be jumping Ugh. on it, and you could just barely see everyone no. in the in the in the distance. In the distance. No. Yeah. I can't believe we didn't get murdered. Like, <laughs> there were so many times that I remember playing out in the woods and running into random like I remember strangers a, out yeah. in the woods. Oh I remember some creepy guy walking down the hill towards us while we were on the trampoline and we all ran screaming into the house. Ooh. And I remember playing hide and go seek and this guy like just appearing next to me in the woods and just being like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm playing, do you want to play? And he Ooh. just started laughing at me and he had the worst teeth. Ooh. And oh my gosh. he was like, do you live here? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm really surprised we didn't get murdered. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, stay okay, out of the forest. There's at least one but child I live in the forest. living here. Yeah. yeah. No, it was like, like we ran into people all the time out there. And because people were always, because people would go hiking and stuff in the yeah. woods. And um, it was easy to just get lost and to suddenly find yourself in the backyard. And then they would just be like, oh my gosh, there's a house here. <laughs> And like most of the time, I'm pretty sure it was perfectly innocent. Like I think it was that scenario most of the time yeah. where they were just like lost and they were out wandering around or following that ravine mm -hmm. um, because it spread pretty far through the forest. And then they would just suddenly be like, there's like a full blown house here. <laughs> Is that a trampoline? You know what I mean? Or they see you little girls in the forest and they're like oh my gosh it's haunted I know I, I wonder for how many people I was a ghost <laughs> run away especially since we usually weren't wearing shoes yeah. and we're like dressed in uh, in like our grandmother's old dress ups no which, most of which were period costume yeah. that she had just like kept from her staging days and one that I thought was like a knight's outfit that actually turned out to be mom's old cheerleading outfit yeah I remember that so you were dressed what? So, like, Jensen's running around in the forest, covered in scratches and blood, wearing, a, like, a three decades outdated cheerleading uniform. Looking for I, had the, I thought the skirt was a cape. Looking for all the world. Like, like I, I mean, I'm just trying to think in my mind, like, what line you would have to do to solidify that story if you just turned to somebody and were like, we were on our way to prom. I don't know what happened. The car crashed. <laughs> I'm Susie Q. How are you? Yeah, no, or, like, and my favorite thing to wear was that little was that little like ripped blue nightgown <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like running around with wild hair and leaves and all over and I'm just wearing this like ripped nightgown and no shoes you legitimately could have scared the crap out of some people like... I'm pretty sure I did I mean I hope I did it's my it's my truest hope that de people definitely mistook me for a ghost the guy who just laughed when he asked him if you if he wanted to play I really hope that he was laughing because he was nervous because he thought you were a ghost He's no, like, I ran into some ghost child and she asked me if I wanted to play with her. Yeah. I was so scared. Well, it was that was a weird one because like looking back, he had like this long, dirty hair and he was wearing a leather jacket and like did not look like he was out there hiking. Oh. I don't know where this guy came from. He could have been a ghost. That's fun. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But yeah, it was a wonderful place to meet people. But the like <laughs> Our backyard was a great place to meet strangers. <laughs> like, the main point I'm trying to make about this house is that the pathing and the setting there was like perfect for a survival horror game. Yeah. There was it was easy to get lost, but it was just like it was all very circular. Like it kind of kept leading you back in the same direction and there's a couple of really great landmarks. And I think that that's what I like the most about really good pathing in games is that you can usually, it's, I like it when it's complex enough that you can kind of get lost, but there's enough um, familiarity with like how the landscape is structured that you can always also always find your way back. And, um, and kind of what you guys were talking about where sometimes they have those sort of faux options where it's like, you can go this way <laughs> or you can go that way. Um, but I like it when there's more legitimate options all over the place. And mm -hmm. this, the, to me, what I remember about this house is that like, it had these really, it had these really interesting intersecting hallways and like all the rooms kind of led to at least two other rooms. Like they were all kind of connected onto each other and everything sort of expanded outward from the house until you were suddenly just in this vast wood. And that I'm realizing as I say it describes like my favorite layout in a game. 
where like it starts really constricted and then it just gets wider and wider and wider as mm. you familiarize yourself with it. Mm. So yeah, we should probably go ahead and make that really weird indie survival horror game with like ghost girls in the woods. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> um, okay. So you guys both basically said what I was going to say for I mine. Know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so I, like Aaron said, I really like it when you've got multiple options and you don't lock yourself out of one when you choose one. Because I really, I constantly circle back. I like to explore the entire map. And so I like to be able to look at everything. And um, I also really like it when paths like cross and intersect and like you'll be going along one way and then it'll open up to a place you were at previous previously or you'll be walking along and you'll look and you'll see a place that you were at before or you'll see like a future area and you're like I know I'm gonna get there eventually but you can't quite get there I like that kind of pathing um so like Dark Souls mm -hmm. I like I like I really really like the pathing in that how mm -hmm. you'll be like in one area and at first you don't realize that this other area over there is a place you're actually going to go to. But you like turn a corner yeah. and you see it in the distance and you're like, ooh, I wonder that what that's cool. about. Yeah. And then two levels later, you're there. And then you look back and you're like, that's where I was before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really love that kind of stuff. I'd like that with multiple options. The one thing that is kind of a bummer about Dark Souls is that they don't really have a lot of options well, they for places. do but like it depends on the place it's like, more linear than it makes itself out to yeah be. it's a lot more linear than it makes itself out to be like Ooh. when you a lot of times when you have options Ooh. of which way to go it's like blight town do you want to jump over the across this place or do you want to walk down this way yeah. like you know or it's like do you want a moderate difficulty climb or do you want a difficulty spike oh crap i shouldn't be here yet yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think that's do why you want to die over here, here? Yeah. Or die over there? <laughs> i think that's why i like open world games so much because it kind of has both of that like open world games you have so many different options of how you want to get somewhere mm -hmm. but it also kind of naturally does that where you're like in one area and you're like wait i can see that other area i was mm -hmm. at you know <laughs> um so I really like that kind of stuff. Um, and then a real life example of like good pathing for me um, is just museums in general. Like mm -hmm. museums are just, I just love how they're set up so that you can just like explore the whole thing, but then there's like other ways you can go and you can like, like everything loops back around so that you don't miss things, but you can just take a path that like can make it so you can completely miss something if you're like I don't feel like looking at that section um and the museum I thought of a couple different museums but the one that I specifically remember is probably like my favorite layout is one in London and I can't for the life of me remember what it looks like on the outside so I can't remember which one it is <laughs> but it's the one that it has like it's got this big open atrium area and right smack dab in the middle there's like this raised platform and you take stairs up and there's like different stairs on different sides oh. and you go up into this area and then you can go down to another stairs and there's a gift shop underneath that place. I was gonna be I was gonna be funny and be like do you mean the British Museum but I know the one you're talking about yeah. and it's not the British Museum I don't remember which one it is because I can't remember how it looks on the outside is it the one in Bath no it's not in Bath it's in London are you sure? I'm like 90. Yeah, because I know it's yeah. in London because we when we were going to Poland and we had that like five hour layover in London, we went to that museum and then we went back to the airport. You're right. Yeah. And um, I don't remember which one it is, but I just remember like it's got that big area, the atrium in the middle, and then it's got these like offshoot areas that you can go along and look at and they all kind of connect and lead you back into the atrium. And it's really cool. It's a really cool thing. I wish I could remember which one it is. I can't remember which one it is either. And I hope that I'm not imagining it and we're having some shared delusion. <laughs> no, it doesn't like, really exist because I, I would suck. No, I remember <laughs> I remember this. Um, for some reason, I always associated that one with Bath, but I think you're right. I think it is in London. Yeah, because we stopped there during our layover. Yeah. But I don't remember which one it is. I'm Googling London museums right now. Because okay. it's not the British Museum. I don't think so. No, it's not. It's... 
Okay. Well, the picture I'm looking at of the British Museum makes me think it might be the British Museum. Because that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. So it was the British Museum. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's definitely not the British Museum. It's it totally the, the British, British Museum. museum. Totally See, the look, British Museum. Look at the stairs. See? It's got this big cool thing in the middle. It's pretty. It's so pretty. Why did we think that wasn't the British Museum? Because now it's like clear to me. It, it was I didn't British think Museum. it wasn't. I didn't know which one it was. You didn't think it was. <laughs> Let's cut out all the really embarrassing stuff where we couldn't remember we were at the British Museum. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, let's keep it in. Okay. We're going there again in a few weeks. So. I'm so excited, guys. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. So next question. Do you guys remember gaming cafes? Yes. No. <laughs> I had no idea that was a thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so they were a thing. I don't think they are anymore. That's kind of why I'm asking. I don't know if they are. Because everything that I have read suggests that this was a phenomenon in the early 2000s. It was like an idea that a lot of people have that they were like, this is a great idea, we should push this, and it didn't go anywhere. And. I personally think that probably the main reason why they didn't flourish is because an idea like that would be like intrinsically tied to couch co-op mm. and couch co-op is dying. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. But like the more I was thinking about that recently because uh, I just remembered our friend who tried to open a gaming cafe in the early 2000s and you were doing some artwork for it. Yeah. Like he, he never, wanted, yeah, he wanted like a dragon and he wanted a big old dragon mural on the wall. And so mm. he hired Jensen and Pater to come out a couple of weekends to like paint this mural mm. in his gaming cafe. And it was only ever him hanging out there with like a couple of his friends and some of his brothers. And um, I could already see that like they weren't doing enough couch co-op because I remember mm. being really surprised when I got there and it was a bunch of guys sitting on computers playing different like playing world of warcraft but not together yeah, and mm. halo and halo but not together yeah huh and um, i was like why isn't there a couch call <laughs> and i don't think it lasted very long uh-uh. i think it was only like five weeks or something something really short and then mm. it was just like gone it was like you finished the mural and he closed it <laughs> i don't even remember finishing the mural yeah. actually i don't either because I don't remember what it looked like. I don't either. <laughs> it's it's part of my life is a blur. I don't have a great memory, you guys. I don't either. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was thinking about I was thinking about my confusion that like there wasn't that like he wasn't orienting it more towards couch co-op. That it was like no, everybody's gonna come and they're gonna play games that they could be playing on their computer that they're comfortable with and more used to at home, mm. where they can just hang out in their pajamas and. If they want to pause and go get some Doritos, then they can do that. No. <laughs> but they're going to do it here at an unfamiliar place, and they're going to buy Doritos for me. Though, <laughs> to be fair, none of us really play multiplayer games, that's so we true. don't really know what that community is like. Maybe that's what they want. Maybe. I don't know. That that was, I think, what I was wondering about. Is, is it Does it just come down to the fact that like I was not their audience, so I didn't understand? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I remember at the time being like, why would anyone do this? You could just sit in your room and play video games. <laughs> like, I kind of get it now because I have so much more fun with couch co-op, like, mm -hmm. with you guys. But I do remember, like, specifically that these, that a lot of these gaming cafes that I saw and this one that our friend opened in particular weren't equipped for that. Mm -hmm. Which yeah. I don't really get. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you think we could resurrect them? I don't know. Honestly, maybe. Um, I don't know, because even if people aren't interacting with each other, um, especially with the Nintendo Switch, mm -hmm. um, like, whenever we go to a restaurant, we and, like, some of our other friends will bring their Switches and we'll just play while we're <laughs> waiting for a table or waiting for our food. And... But also at the same time, like, we get a lot of looks from people, like, what are you doing? And also this one server who was too pretty to know what a Nintendo Switch was, was like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> sorry, was that really Too offensive? pretty? Too is that just what you're assuming? <laughs> 
She's like, what's a Nintendo Switch? And you're like, oh, honey, you must be too pretty to know. I was picturing a man. I thought you said she. Oh. Yeah, I said she. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was listening. I'd still like to... I was, I was, I was yeah, using my active listening to understand what Aaron was talking about. Well, I'm still going to picture <laughs> But I don't know. Like, yeah, I think it could be a cool thing because, like, in Japan, they've got, like, cat cafes. So there's got to be an audience for video game cafes. We could do a cat and gaming cafe. Yes. That would be amazing. That would be perfect. And yoga. Yes. <laughs> yoga breaks. With goats and cats. And then we play games. So we'll have games and cats and yoga. You know what? Forget about the games and the yoga. <laughs> but yeah like if you feel like playing out in public for whatever reason and eating (laughs) i don't know maybe grabbing some nice hot cocoa or coffee if that's your thing like if you just want to play and i don't know Mm -hmm. hang out outside of your house (laughs) i don't know i don't know why you would want to i don't know why i'm saying anymore but (laughs) I remember when my brother worked at Yoshi's, um, like right when it opened down the street, he would have um, Halo tournaments like after hours. Mm. And like they would actually, you know, play together because you could get like big team battles with eight people on each team. And so that was like a really popular thing for a while. But yeah, I don't know, just kind of died out so mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> yeah I was never super interested in them because I've never really been into multiplayer games mm-hmm. um, I think I played Super Smash Bros a little bit with Kim and I played Halo with you mm-hmm. but otherwise I was like I can just play games by myself yeah you know what's the point mm-hmm. of playing with other people Um, but lately just in like the last couple months I've been kind of getting more into multiplayer and like liking the idea of multiplayer more Mm -hmm. and um, so now I feel like if there are gaming cafes I would be like I'd probably be interested in going there especially with my Switch Mm -hmm. if there was a gaming cafe that I knew of I would be interested to check it out Yeah, Yeah, just to sort of see if they're doing what I hope they're doing rather than what I'm afraid they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> but I doubt that I, it would end up, like, being a thing that like, I did more than playing by myself. Because yeah. I still... Like, like I'm still playing Conan <clears throat> Exiles on, on single player, and I'm like, Psh, multiplayer. Screw that. I don't want people coming and destroying my buildings. Yeah. <laughs> screwing up my game. I still have that kind of an attitude about multiplayer games, mm-hmm. so I'm like... Yeah, me too. <laughs> But I'm trying to like, I'm trying to experiment with yeah. it, you know, with like Anthem and mm-hmm. and Anthem. <laughs> well, because at least those ones are co-op. Yeah, like I definitely prefer just, the co-op. You participated in our Minecraft realm. Yeah, it's co-op. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, unless Adam's there. <laughs> and we've done Skyrim or Elder Scrolls Online. I mean, yeah, I have yeah. done Elder Scrolls Online. Mm-hmm. That's one of the only like massively multiplayer games that I've ever played. Yeah, yeah, me too. Especially mm-hmm. the only one I've ever played by myself without another friend there mm-hmm. in the game with me. And well, and just on the and just on the co-op side, you've done Dark Souls co-op yeah. too. Oh, except mm-hmm. also Anthem now, yeah. Elder Scrolls was the first one I can remember playing by myself. Yeah, me no too. But yeah. But, and even like maybe an environment where you could go to meet other gamers. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure they're not, you know, a bunch of trolls because when you're online, people are just like, I'm going to say whatever I want and you can't stop me. Yeah, people would be yeah. slightly more accountable in real life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they could get kicked out if they were being jerks. So. Mm-hmm. Just an amazingly <laughs> stupid idea. I was like, a Pokemon Go cafe. And I was like, that'd be useless. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 
a mobile cafe. Isn't that just what every single gym is? What a mobile <laughs> cafe. You have like For every Starbucks. You have a really sketchy van. And it's painted to look like a Pokeball. And people just like climb inside it and then you slowly drive around in it. Some guy rolls down the I'm getting in for an adventure. <laughs> Yes. It's so, so almost no. like a Pokemon Go food truck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> We're totally gonna do a Pokemon Go food truck. The first mobile focus stop. <laughs> yep. Oh man. <laughs> oh, stupid. Okay. And I think we should actually skip to our last question because we already kind of talked about how we probably saved this questionnaire for Lainey because I can't find a good quiz yet. <laughs> so we'll do that for our 11th episode. Okay. But for our... So this last question is one that I can't believe we haven't asked before and it's going to be our new like question we end on for every episode. It's going to help create the illusion of some structure to this podcast. So... Our last question is, what are you looking forward to playing next? And the rules of this are, there are no rules. It's just exactly that question. It doesn't have to be something that's coming out soon. It can be something that has been out since before you were born. Nobody cares. Just if you're planning on playing it next and you're excited about it, tell us about it. Uh Cool. Someone else want to go first this time? Sure. (laughs) No, Erin, you have to go first all the time. Jensen. It's your burden as the most princessy of princesses. You are the most princess of us. But no, Jensen, you go first this time. Okay. Because I just don't want to. (laughs) Okay. Um, So the one I'm looking forward to the most is Days Gone. Um, I was was looking forward to it already for a while, but kind of like... At like 60% excitement, I was like, yeah, it's open world and there's zombies, which are really scary. (laughs) So I don't know (laughs) if I want that part of it, but it's, you know, post-apocalyptic and you have a motorcycle. Sounds cool. And so I was kind of like, yeah, I'll get it, but I'll probably wait until it's like 20 bucks. Um, And then I found out this week that it has a photo mode. So now my excitement is up to 100. <laughs> and I'm like, I need this game immediately. <laughs> so it looks like a really fun photo mode, too. I've seen some of the shots, and it looks like you can do some really cool stuff. I hope that this isn't another Red Dead Redemption 2 situation where I keep seeing people's shots from it and thinking, oh my gosh, it's got an amazing photo mode. And then I get it and find out people are like using other things to get those pictures, and the oh. photo mode sucks. Because like, I really... I'm still really angry about Red Dead Redemption 2's photo mode. Mm. The internet lied to me. Everybody (laughs) was posting these pictures that looked so pretty, and I was like, oh, it's so great. Mm. And then I find out it's a camera mode, and you can't take nearly as many pretty pictures as it looks like you can take on the internet. Mm. (laughs) And, like, I really hope that Days Gone isn't like that. But I'm really excited for it, and I think I'm going to scrape together what tiny amount of cash I have so I can get it. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) I'm excited for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aaron, would you like to be in the middle this time? <laughs> sure. Would you like to be the the creamy part of the of the sandwich? <laughs> yes. The creamy part. What kind of sandwich is this? Like an, an egg salad. An Oreo. Oreo. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking an Oreo. But sure, you can be the creamy part. You can be the creamy part of the Oreo. You can be the egg salad in this sandwich. <laughs> Yay! I think I just, I'm a piece of bread. I just, <laughs> potato bread. No, I just really like egg salad. I'm sorry. I do too. I, yeah, it's good. That's good. And it's over here going. Why couldn't I be an Oreo? You could be an Oreo. Oreo cream. I, we could I do like the birthday kind Oreos. <laughs> Yeah, or those like, are so good. Yeah. Have you had the birthday cake Oreos? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my those are good. You're the creamy center of this birthday cake Oreo, Aaron. <laughs> no, I'm a chocolate cookie. <laughs> why, why, why did this turn into what kind of sandwich would we be? The look on your face you gave me when I said I was a chocolate cookie. It's so amazing. <laughs> What was it, the expression that you 
called it that I did last episode, glare smiling. (laughs) (laughs) I have no memory of this. You were, yeah. But that sounds like something. Apparently, I glare smile. (laughs) Yeah, you do. (laughs) When you're like, when you're like, stop talking now. (laughs) Or when I like can't stop laughing, but I'm like annoyed with you for making me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, So I just saw a trailer for Lost Ember. Um, which looks really artistic. It has like that watercolory look to it almost. And it looks like you can turn into a bunch of different animals, like a bird or at one point like a fish or something. And mm-hmm. just, yeah, just like, I don't know. I'm assuming it's kind of like a walking simulator, um, but it looks really pretty and really immersive. So that looks awesome. Um, Control is coming out in August. Oh I'm so excited. Oh, <laughs> oh my shoulder. It looks so good. <laughs> you okay. that part. Let me just illustrate what happened there. Erin said the word control. <laughs> Jensen immediately like shuddered through her entire body and was like, oh, I forgot about that. And she reached out, barely touched Erin's arm. <laughs> She like barely squeezed it. Being the prettiest princess in all the land is just like fingers. (laughs) Well, and like Erin immediately looked as though she had been shot. Like you really have to be careful with physical contact. Do I disgust you that much? Erin, the prettiest and most easily bruised of the princesses. I've been up since five. Anyway, control. It looks great. Female protagonist, supernatural, spooky stuff. But also, like, sci-fi, because you got this gun thingy that changes shape. Yeah. She's trying to act out the shape of the gun with her hand and phone. Um, Sinking City. Mm-hmm. And I still need to play Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. So those are just a few on my list. I'll I'll stop it there. Okay, so I am I'm loving the games that I'm playing right now, but... Like, my survival horror bone is not being itched here. Is that a thing people say? I don't think you... (laughs) I'm, like, real tired, too. It's almost midnight. Y'all don't have the corner market on being too tired. (laughs) I think that the phrase is scratching an itch. Yeah. (laughs) Scratch an itch, not a bone. Okay, I'm starting. I'm starting. Over. So as much as I love the games that I'm playing right now, I'm not playing any survival horror games. And Did you call it to be scratched? Survival horror games. <laughs> I shouldn't have looked at Jensen's I face. I just see her twitching out of the corner of my eye, so I was like trying to look away. I was trying so hard. Let's start over. One more time. I'm playing a lot of great games right now, but none of them are survival horror. And all of the games I'm really excited about playing next are survival horror. Like, it's time for me to get back into my favorite genre. <laughs> Jensen! Jensen! Go right Yeah, go. Go, go. go to your room. Think about what you've done. Go over here and I'll join you in a minute. Jensen's been banished from the podcast just for a minute. So that I can get through this. So it's like, take eight, everybody. <clears throat> We're just going to have to fight through this. The games I'm really excited about playing next are uh, A Chair in a Room, Sinking City, Layers of Fear 2, which I didn't realize was coming out so soon. I, okay, so Super Eye Patch Wolf did a really great video where he talked about a game, <clears throat> Devotion, which it was one that I remember seeing some stuff about months ago and thinking, oh yeah, that'll be cool because I really liked Detention which is the Taiwanese game that I called a Korean game a few episodes back because I am an ignorant American. And um, this game, Devotion, there's a whole video where he explains some of the history of that and it was very good, but pretty much the bottom line is they had to take the game down. There's no word on when it's going to be back up, but hopefully it'll be soon. And it makes me very sad because this looks like it is 100% my thing. And I loved the previous game that Red Candle made. Mm. And I can't play it and it makes it makes mm. life really hard. So mm. I guess that'll learn me to sleep on a new release. I, I do that all the time where like 
I do not worry about games getting released. It was really, really strange that I got Devil May Cry and Sekiro basically right when they came out. Mm. That was odd. I don't usually do that. Mm -hmm. I typically wait a good while before I'm like ready. Mm -hmm. The only other game I know of that you did that with is Outlast 2. Yeah, that was it. Like that's really, I really just don't worry about stuff, getting stuff the day, when it, like right when it drops. Oh, actually Dark Souls Remastered, you did that also. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. But that was different. <laughs> anyway, so these are all survival horror games. I really want to get back into survival horror. I feel like I haven't played enough of it recently. Mostly because I've been way too distracted by Devil May Cry and Sekiro and Minecraft and Stardew Valley and all of these other fun games that are like really wonderful time sucks. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's the thing about survival horror is a lot of the time these games are just short and consumable. And that's one of the things I like about them is I can just like knock out a few in a row and they're really satisfying and I get my horror fix and I love it. But I just haven't played very many like that recently. Yeah, hopefully I'll have some stuff to say about those something <clears throat> to scratch your bone <laughs> do that glare smiling <laughs> what bothers me the most is i'm sure that's somebody's like real fetish <laughs> it's not like weird enough but like it's it's too weird to be a normal one you know yeah. so it's like some weirdly specific person out there that's their thing we had to take off two things on the list of stuff we we're going to talk about because <clears throat> we ran out of time is it 85 minutes oh my gosh yeah and, and like it's almost midnight. 20 minutes of it was just that last question and most of it was Slapping. laughing about scratching bones <laughs> So, <laughs> Jensen, through your laughter, can you send us off for the episode? Oh, um, I can't remember what we say. Is it, your princess is not here. She's in another podcast. What is it really that I'm supposed to say? 